Well, welcome everybody to a new week in Monday, September the 13th. Today's gospel from Luke chapter 7 um, is the story of the centurion who is an ill slave and he, you know, wants Jesus to, uh, he calls upon Jesus to heal his slave who is, is ill. Um, it's an interesting way it's positioned because it follows Luke's um, sermon on the plane, which really has Jesus calling the 12 and then, you know, talking about his teachings. I think an interesting thing to start off with, though, is the centurion. We just hear lots of words a lot of times in, in scripture, but um, I think we know a little bit about it. It helps us put it in a little perspective. You know, the centurion was a type of an officer in the Roman army, um, and usually it was the highest rank that a I guess I'll just say a non-elitist person. You know, if you were in the Senate or if you were one of the privileged class, you moved on in the upper ranks of the officers. Um, but this was is basically a, a rank and file of a regular person kind of could get to. This would have been the highest rank they could go. And the centurion would have essentially commanded an 80-person, an 80-man unit um, and the interesting thing about the centurion and the command of their 80-man unit was the centurion, unlike perhaps the officers above them, who may have sat back and watched the battle going up in front of them and then deciding what movements need to be made, the centurion was literally expected to be on the front line with their troops. You know, they were right there with their soldiers. And so the centurion was highly thought of along with their soldiers because, you know, they were all in it together. It wasn't like someone else making a decision. Is they're, they're fighting right alongside of you. And so it's a very valuable position, first of all, in the Roman uh, army. And it was a very valuable position because it really kind of displayed um, a person's care for those that they were commanding. So when Jesus had finished all these words, what words the Sermon on the Plain? He entered Capernaum, and a centurion there, a slave who was ill, was about to die, and he was valuable to him. Well, that we could on the surface we could say, oh, well, you know, we could look at that as a commodity, and I guess slaves, in a sense, are a commodity. They're purchased things. Um, things, not things are people, but you know what I mean. Um, but that's really not the intent here. It's not that the value doesn't come in the commodity. The value comes in this centurion in the way he he values what that person is as a person and how that person contributes to the household. And when he heard about Jesus, the centurion, he sent elders of the Jews to him asking him to come and save the life of his slave. Now that's curious thing. If I needed something, I would usually go ahead and ask, but the centurion sends somebody else. But just not anybody else. He sends the elders of the Jews. You know, he sends, first of all, those who he would consider would be held in high esteem, that Jesus would accept and take. And, um, you know, Jesus might listen to them a little bit more, and they're the leaders in the community. And so I'll go to the leaders of that community, um, maybe uh, he doesn't feel quite as worthy to go on his own. I mean, there's not a great love lost here between the Jewish people and the oppressors, essentially, those who are ruling, the Romans, and especially the Roman soldier, 
and especially a Roman soldier who commands 80 people who are walking around through your neighborhood. So they approach Jesus, these elders, the well-thought-of in the community, and they strongly urge him to come, saying, He deserves to have you do this, for he loves our nation, and he built the synagogue for us. Wow, he deserves this. You know, they're talking about this Gentile as being a very worthy person. Well, why is he so worthy? And it says he built the synagogue. Well, did he personally build it? Was he of that much means that he could have, you know, just wrote a check and got it done? Probably as a centurion, maybe not. Probably had good means of income and everything like that. But he would have had the command of a lot of people who could have helped. And so it's quite possible that maybe that 80-man unit that he commanded put forth some, some physical effort. And that would have been well thought of in the community. I mean, think about it. If we're in the middle of something, let's say we're doing something at home and we're very, very tired and we're working on something and somebody comes by and just gives us a hand, how much do we appreciate that? And, and so there was a positive feeling here. This is not just someone who's in the town to kind of overlord, but this is someone who came to the town and even though he was different, wanted to enter into their story. And so he meant something. How valuable is that? And that just shows you um, what it is when we kind of come out of ourselves and enter into another story and try to understand them even when they're different. And Jesus went with them. Okay, well, it worked, you know. But when he was only a short distance from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, Lord, cure you. You know, that word we is like, curios. Lord, do not trouble yourself, uh, for I am not worthy to have you under my roof. Boy, does that sound like a familiar line to us? Therefore, I did not consider myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and let my servant be healed. Wow. And we say that every single week. First of all, I am not worthy. It does come from a, a humble, you know, point. He feels that he can't do it. He, Jesus is, is too, too good, you know, to come to his house. And so he just, just go ahead and, and just say the word. Say the word, it'll happen and we'll all be done. And then he goes, for I too am a person. And he's kind of explaining why. He, it's okay just to say the word. For I too am a person subject to authorities with sub soldiers subject to me. And I say to one, go and he goes, and to another, come here and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. Now that might not make too much sense to us, but first of all, he's a person subject to authority because he answers to the emperor. But he's also in a position of authority and he has these soldiers that he commands. He's essentially, his reasoning is that he recognizes that Jesus, too, has a position of authority and carries authority. And so he's, in a sense, you know, saying, uh, you don't have to. You can just say it and it's done. Just like, I don't have to go out there. I could just have someone else do it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him because he's recognizing something in Jesus, you know, that Jesus' mission is there for something far greater than most people realize. And he's turning and he says to the crowd, I tell you, not even in Israel 
have I seen such faith. Um, and then we assume Jesus just heads back. That's it. He makes he just turns and says, What? Not even Israel by some such faith. It says when the messengers returned to the house, they found the slave in good in good health. Um, Jesus didn't say anything. He didn't go to the house. He didn't say, your slave will be, be cured. He just says, even in Israel, you know, I haven't found such faith. Well, if it's just the powerful faith of that centurion and the connection with Jesus that brings this healing about. And isn't that true in our own lives sometimes? It's the healing comes through the simple, simple relationship of recognizing my relationship to my Lord and the humility of, of being who I am and that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And Jesus, in turn, recognizing my desire to have a relationship with him and to be as close to him as I possibly can and that in just the relationship alone, powerful things happen. Have a great September, everybody.